Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Global Math Department. My name is Lee Natero, and I'll be your host tonight. Tonight, we're going to be hearing from Sarah Bush about rightfully positioning mathematics in integrated STEAM instruction. Would everyone please introduce themselves in the chat window, telling us what you teach, where you teach, and what your Twitter handle is, if you have one. And I see some familiar faces here tonight, but if you're new, welcome. Um, before I introduce our speaker, let me explain how these meetings work. These meetings are recorded and are available approximately 24 hours after the meeting ends. To view the recording, you can use the same URL you used to get here tonight. The global math community prides itself on being friendly and supportive. The chat room is av available for topical and general conversation throughout the meeting. I'll catch your questions with the presenter, so don't worry that she won't notice your question in the chatter. Tonight, our speaker is Sarah Bush. Sarah is an associate professor of K-12 STEM education and the program coordinator of the mathematics education PhD track at the University of Central Florida in Orlando. She is currently serving as a member of the board of directors for the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. She's interested in deepening student and teacher understanding of mathematics through transdisciplinary STEAM problem-based inquiry. Welcome this evening, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Um, I've been really looking forward to this webinar and, and meeting everyone that's participating tonight and talking about talking with you about one of my favorite topics, and that is meaningfully integrating uh, mathematics into STEAM instruction. So I'm gonna just jump right in if that's okay. Um, I am a former middle school math teacher. And for about the past decade, um, I've been working alongside in-service and pre-service teachers, um, both in Kentucky and now in Florida. Um, while I've always kind of been interested in the integration of mathematics with other content areas and context, for the past eight years, I've been really focused on how we can really bring out the mathematical learning opportunities in integrated STEAM um, instruction. Um, while mathematics in school largely functions in a silo, we all know that's not how it exists outside of school. Outside of school, mathematics is everywhere and needed to make sense of really every aspect of our lives. Environmental, scientific, financial, medical, political, and so much more. So how do we ensure that each and every student um, leaves our classrooms and leaves K-12 ultimately Ma uh, mathematically literate and more broadly STEM literate. And that's what we're gonna discuss tonight. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in. And before I go any farther, I wanted to acknowledge uh, my STEAM partner in crime, um, Dr. Kristen Cook. Uh, Kristen is a science educator at Bellarmine University in Kentucky, um, where I used to work at before I moved to Florida. And we've been engaging in this work together for the past um, about eight, eight or nine years. And so all the ideas that, um, we're gonna discuss today are really from our collaborative work. So I wanted to make sure to acknowledge her. So I really wanted to start by um, just kind of laying the groundwork with a question I get asked quite a bit. And 
That question is, you know, what's the difference between STEM and STEAM or which one should we kind of have as our school program? And the argument that I would make is that we probably shouldn't get hung up on what acronym we're using. And instead, it's really more about the type of learning experiences in which you are providing students access to. Um, you know, NSF first coined the term STEM in the early 1990s, and it really represented any policy practice or program that related to any of the STEM disciplines. Um, and a lot's changed since then with regards to jobs, workforce needs, and the way we solve problems in the world. Um, in the literature, the definition of STEM really varies widely. It could mean any of the disciplines um, as a silo. It can mean the integration of two or more of them. It could kind of be an industry perspective. Um, sometimes when people think of STEM, they think of just science or engineering or, you know, um, one or two of the disciplines. Um, today, our working definition is really going to be um, at the nexus of the integration of those disciplines. Um, and, and we kind of argue in our work that whilst the roots of STEM are kind of grounded in a reaction to workforce and global competitiveness demands, um, the roots of STEAM are really more centered on creativity and connections. Sometimes it spawns from a reaction of when arts programs could get removed from schools. Um, but we feel that they both really have the same central idea, and that is to engage students in the content and practices of mathematics and science to deepen their understanding and abilities to create solutions to solve authentic problems in our world. Um, so I just wanted to kind of say that tonight we were going to talk about them holistically as the integration of those disciplines and specifically how to bring out the mathematical learning opportunities. So you might wonder, well, what are others saying about this? We've kind of given, I've kind of given you our perspective, but what are our professional organizations saying? What are leaders saying? What are the um, you know, kind of national policy documents saying? So let me just kind of give you a few quotes before we really jump into the, to the details. So several years ago, um, in a president's message, um, past pres NCTM president Matt Larson stated about the M in STEM. If in the STEM program, the mathematics isn't on grade level, or if the mathematics isn't addressed conceptually, but rather as a procedural tool to solve various disjointed applications, or if the mathematics is not developed within a coherent mathematical learning progression, then the STEM program fails. So what this quote says to me is, it's not enough to do the mathematics right in our mathematics block or mathematics class or mathematics time. We have to do it right at every turn and opportunity, whether it be during mathematics block or whether it be when mathematics is needed in science block or a STEM or STEAM lab or in a robotics class or club or any type of formal, informal, during school, after school program. If students have the opportunity to learn mathematics, it's our responsibility as teachers of mathematics to make sure we're doing that right. Okay, let's look at another quote. And this is from the joint position statement uh, from the National Council of Supervisors of Mathematics and NCTM. It says a well-designed and effective STEM program 
is going to have a strong mathematics component, a strong science component, and many opportunities to use mathematical and scientific thinking, reasoning, and modeling across disciplines to tackle real problems that involve any or all of the STEM fields. Thus, mathematics and science as disciplines, as well as integrative activities across the STEM fields, should be part of a comprehensive STEM program. So I don't think anyone is saying that we need to do away with core instruction in each of the disciplines. But the common thread is that we do need learning opportunities where students are um, integrating the disciplines to, um, to meaningfully solve problems in our world. All right, let's do one more. Um, these quotes are from a, a pretty recent report called Charting a Course for Success, America's Strategy for STEM Education. It's a report by the Committee on STEM Education of the National Science and Technology Council. And a couple things they say specific about mathematics. So mathematics and statistics are foundational to success across all STEM fields of study, providing a universal language to describe and reason about models of real world phenomena. One promising practice to improving mathematics literacy is the integration of mathematics across disciplines teaching mathematics through experiential, meaningful, and applied context. So I just wanted to read a few of those quotes to kind of set the stage for, um, you know, what, what's being said in our field about this topic. All right, let's move on. So with those things being said, how can we maximize the mathematics learning opportunities in integrated STEAM instruction? So I thought it might be good to take a look at a few examples. Now, before we do this, I just wanna mention that um, trying to look at examples of integrated uh, STEAM or STEM instruction is, is a little tricky because we might all be used to maybe going to a conference session and going to a session where someone um, presents a mathematics task. It be, can be completed in 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Well, a true integrated STEAM inquiry really can't be done so quickly. So it would be hard for us to, you know, just complete one together. So we're gonna really, I'm gonna talk through and kind of tell a story of a few examples. So you can start to think about an inquiry that you might be able to develop in your setting that is meaningfully meaningful and relevant to your students. Okay, so the first example I wanna share, um, I'm gonna call designing a coat for a giant. And in this example, um, this was about a unit on properties of materials and thermal conduct conductivity and a focus on meaningful proportional reasoning and measurement. So um, what the teachers that we were working with did was they, um, they found this extraordinaire card, which you can see there on the image, of this giant who is kind of up on a mountain. Um, and you can tell the scene is kind of snowy, and then there, there are little humans walking around in the snow. And so the way that the stage was set for the STEAM inquiry was that students were, were presented with this extraordinaire card. And um, basically they were asked to make observations and inferences from this card using a T-chart. So, you know, this is similar to notice and wonders, right? That, that many of us are familiar with. 
So as they examined the card, they were asked questions about why the giant um, wanted to help humans and what she might be feeling. And students noticed that the giant's environment was snowy, though she was wearing short sleeves. Um, they also noticed that she must be a friendly giant um, helping the humans on the mountaintop. Um, and so ultimately students wanted to help the giant because she was so helpful to others. And this really built empathy for the giant, which is often used as a key component to our inquiries. We've kind of found in our work that whenever we start by having students um, engage in some sort of activity where they begin to feel empathy for the persons under investigation, that it just really sparks this desire in them to solve, to develop a solution um, for the situation. So because the focus of the inquiry was on this thermal conductivity, um, which we had aligned, of course, to the science standards, students were guided to consider what the giant's needs were in her cold environment. When asked what temperature it might be in the picture, students um, you know, said that it had to be at most 32 degrees uh, Fahrenheit because they noticed the snow on the ground. Through the whole class discussion, students ultimately kind of came to a consensus that the giant must be cold and they believe she needed a coat to improve her daily life. So um, kind of what our teachers came, the teachers came up with was in order to construct a coat for this giant, um, students realized they immediately needed to know how tall this giant was, you know, what was the size of this giant. So instead of just giving this information away, the teacher created a really great mathematical learning opportunity. Um, and she told the students that the person um, standing next to the giant in the picture was six feet tall. And so you can kind of see that from the question I posed on the slide. It says, if a person standing next to the giant is six feet tall, how tall is a giant? So that was the problem statement that students were given. From there, students concluded that to determine the giant's height, they had to determine how many times the normal sized person standing next to the giant in the picture would have to be stacked on top of itself to reach the height of the giant. So this task really kind of demonstrated an authentic need for proportional reasoning, scaling, the use of precision, um, as students had to consider which tools to use to measure and how to do so accurately as well as applying kind of the key concept of multiplication of scaling. Um, they also noticed that the giant was sort of leaning or hunched over um, in the image, so they had to try to account for the fact that the giant wasn't standing up straight. And so very quickly they realized that their measurements and the proportional reasoning that they were doing, it, it probably wasn't gonna give them an exact um, you know, an exact answer on the giant's height. They were doing fun things like considering um, the size of the bun and the giant's hair and those sorts of things, which was really great. Um, so you can see a sample of student work here where a group of students, um, you know, did some work to try to figure out and explain their thinking on how they use proportional reasoning to determine the height of the giant in the image. Um, and all students worked in groups to do this. And once they each group had estimated the height of the giant, they were then ready to consider other aspects of their coat design. 
Um, the teacher asked students what materials would maybe be best to use. Um, and because in reality they had limited materials, they decided they would create a smaller scale kind of prototype of this coat. So they actually had to do some scaling down and they used kind of something the size of, you know, like a Barbie doll to create the scaled down model. Um, they were given choices as to what fabric they wished um, as far as tracing a pattern. And they used different length and angle measurement to create patterns with precise dimensions. Um, the co-construction was done in collaboration with the art teacher at the school, which is important for our discussion later. And students um, were considered successful if they could explain why their constructed coat solved the problem of the giant with regard to energy transfer in order to keep the giant warm. Um, with student groups now collectively had several coats to coat designs, they had to determine what material would be the most protective for the giant um, and, and have the best retention of heat. And so they did a science experiment where they placed styrofoam cups lined with very, various fabric choices into an ice bath and recorded the temperatures at regular intervals. Um, through targeted instruction, insulators were defined as materials that slow down the transfer of heat, and students were prompted to think about what insulators they use in their daily lives. Students determined the best insulator from the materials that they tested um, and used data they generated to support their choice, which they kind of kept track of in a journal. Um, though they actually found that aluminum foil retained the most heat, they reasoned that material would, would not make for a comfortable coat, nor would it be aesthetically pleasing. And so they concluded that felt was the best material to use to construct the coat. So I've kind of told you this quick story of what um, students did in the STEAM inquiry, but the takeaway here is how the mathematics was positioned in the inquiry. It was at the forefront. Um, the mathematics learning opportunity was maximized and without the proportional reasoning, students would not have been able to design the coat, um, an appropriate coat for the giant. The mathematics wasn't just given away, um, and if you want to check out more on this uh, investigation in particular, um, it's in a previous issue of Teaching Children Mathematics, um, which I'll have on the reference list at the end of this uh, presentation. So with that said, it's really important to think about, just as with our math task we might implement, not all STEAM inquiries are of equal quality. So um, we're all probably familiar with very disjointed and non-authentic non STEM or STEAM activities. Those could be in those books you find that have tons of activities you can do in 20 minutes or less. And, um, you know, where students might build or create something. And while there's certainly nothing wrong with that, uh, STEAM has the potential and should and can go far beyond that. Students should ultimately be able to explain the mathematics and science content and practices they use to generate, generate a solution to the problem in their classroom community or beyond. So if I'm doing an integrated STEAM activity with students, I would want the principal or another teacher, someone that's not involved in that inquiry, to be able to walk in cold to the classroom and ask a student how they're using mathematics and science to solve solve this um, problem under investigation. 
And students should really be able to articulate that um, to some degree. And that's what we, we hope for. It has to be more than just fun. Um, and what it should be is it should be centered on empowering students to make the world a better place, such as um, the giant is an example, but we also have a couple examples we, that are kind of our go-tos. Um, we did one inquiry where um, students developed a prosthetic um, arm for a kindergartner who had arrived to a neighboring school that year who was born without a lower arm and hand and couldn't press control alt delete to log on to the school computers and so the students came up with the idea to design a prosthetic um, and that's what they did um, in another example we've had some students explore um, building tiny homes as a solution to homelessness and what we really engaged students in there was um, it was a focus on multiplication and scaling, but the inquiry was centered around a, a fictitious family in need, a mom and her two children, um, one of whom was the same age as the students. And so what they really learned was even with a mother working full time on a salary above minimum wage, she couldn't afford a two bedroom apartment for her family. So again, this inquiry was grounded in empathy, just like the prosthetic arm one. Um, with the prosthetic, we had students walk around the school with one arm tied behind their back or held behind their back and try to do all these different things in the school um, with one arm, like open a heavy door, wash their hands, carry a lunch tray. And they learned very quickly that it was really hard for, had to be really hard for this kindergartner. Um, so anyways, you know, these examples um, really empower students and, and engage them in the deep learning of math and science in, in a way that's very different from just jointed STEAM activities. Um, these are more transformational um, types of learning experiences. So you might be asking who should be, who should be engaged in this kind of learning? Um, what students should be engaged in integrated um, STEAM instruction and you know the answer is pretty simple um, it should be every, each and every student uh, we believe there are really three key ingredients for equitable STEAM education and that is number one provide access to each and every student these types of learning opportunities should absolutely not be um, just for an after-school program or just for the gifted class or just for students that um, don't have another elective they're going to, or whatever the case may be, each and every student needs these learning opportunities. Um, another key ingredient is to implement reform practices in mathematics and science teaching. All of the reform practices that um, you know about from some of the, the leading um, kind of go-to guides in mathematics and science uh, teaching all apply in this environment as well. Um, doing the mathematics right in integrated STEAM is, is still doing mathematics in all, all the ways we know how through the, the eight mathematics teaching practices and equitable instruction and um, asking good questions and all those sorts of things. And then the third ingredient, explore meaningful and authentic problems through STEAM. So again, that goes back to the type of um, inquiries we're engaging students in. Okay, so sorry for talking for so long, um, but let's stop and do a pause and reflect. Um, so feel free to use the chat and kind of brainstorm ideas with each other. Um, 
I have a couple questions. You can just pick one that you want to answer. Um, what integrated STEAM learning opportunities are currently available at your school and or district? And which students have access to these opportunities? So STEAM or STEM. And how might integrated STEAM learning address the needs of your classroom, school, and or district? So if you just want to think for a minute and put in some thoughts that you might have in the chat, or you can pose a question um, to me or to others, um, whatever, whatever you'd like to do, and we'll take just a couple minutes. We work with and we've talked to about um, this and you know of course the the common thread that I know we all face is enough planning time or common planning time or um, you know the ability to use our planning time in this way and then um, at especially at the high school level um, Lee's mentioned you know sometimes if I'm trying to collaborate, a math and science teacher trying to collaborate, we might not have the same students, okay? And then, um, so Lynn brings up a really important point, probably something that sounds like it's probably been on your mind about, uh, we have funding in, in our state, but um, distributed through grant applications and worry about equity. Yeah, I could definitely, I definitely understand that. So as others are still adding, um, you know, I think one thing to say is, you know, you can definitely start small. Um, I've been asked before lots of times when I've um, presented at conferences or, or talked with teachers or school leaders, you know, like, how do I get the buy-in or how do, how, you know, maybe, maybe I want to do it as a teacher or a coach, but how do I get others on board? Um, both to to want to do this and to to take dedicate the time or reallocate time so there's time to do this and um, the answer we always give is it definitely can seem a little daunting um, so we think starting small is good you know you don't have to say to yourself you know starting next August we're gonna do steam every day all year long. Um, that might not be reasonable. It might be better to say, hey, we're going to kick off the school year planning one authentic STEAM inquiry that addresses um, something important in our community. And we're going to see how that goes and we're going to learn from that experience and, and we're going to take it from there. And I think... Um, I think that might be a, a good way to think about it is just to to start because in our experience, once people do one, they are so hooked because it totally transforms what the classroom kind of culture looks like. And it's it's invigorating, it's exciting. Students don't want to leave at the end of the class or the block or the day, however your school's structured. Um, it it is truly transformative and can kind of help you reimagine what students learning of mathematics, science, and, and the STEAM disciplines in general um, really look like. 
So I would definitely recommend starting small and starting with something tangible and really getting that buy-in. Um, so Jackie's saying what structures need to be in place for a district in order to begin integrating. Um, Jackie, we've worked with lots of different schools and they there's not a, an exact set way that it has to be structured, but I think having a plan is what's important. And the plan doesn't have to be to pre-plan inquiries for a year. It could be a plan to, to do one and then see how it goes. But I think one thing that's important is for administrators to be supporting teachers in this effort and to know that what the classroom might look like with a STEAM inquiry could be a little different than traditional siloed instruction. That is a great question. And then I will do one more. Lynn's mentioning, um, do you consider computer science as part of STEAM or something different? I don't know. Oh, I, I do think it is part of STEAM. I think that from our standpoint as uh, mathematics um, stakeholders, mathematics education stakeholders, whatever your role may be, I think that, that we are probably very focused on how do we um, really engage students in deep mathematical learning? But when I think about students taking a computer science course or um, any of those sorts of things, I would say it, it could absolutely. It's certainly, computer science is certainly the integration of, of some of the STEM disciplines, depending on really what you're doing within it, right? Um, so I, I think in some ways it, it definitely could be. These are great questions. Okay. All right, so um, what I wanna talk about now is really preparing for STEAM instruction in your classroom, school, or district. And uh, so how do you make this happen in your setting? And particularly, how do you kind of plan for one? I know Jackie's asked kind of like a higher systemic level question on how do we, um, kind of organize a structure in our district. Uh, but right now I want to focus a little bit on how do I actually prepare to, to implement a uh, problem-based STEAM inquiry. So we're going to break that into three parts, planning, implementing, and assessing. And I'm sure I'm going to run short on time, so I might have to jump around a little bit, but I'll do the best I can. Okay. Um, so... We're not going to read through all of this, but I just wanted to mention that um, STEAM inquiries are kind of a very flexible thing in the sense that um, you definitely want to start by grounding them in core content and practices, and you want to have some sort of problem statement that students are addressing. But then there's really open opportunity to have students be continuously engaged in inquiry. Um, for students to have choice on how they present their understanding and lots of opportunities for reflection and communication, which really aligns well to those 21st century kind of um, learning skills. So how did I get started with my planning? Um, well, one thing I would say is build a network. You know, you could be used to, you know, um, or how it was when I was first a teacher, you know, 
planning my lessons and shutting my door and, and doing my own thing in my classroom. But I think we all know that we're definitely stronger together. And that could not be more true for integrated STEAM because it's impossible for us to be an expert in all the disciplines. I'm certainly not. And so I want to enlist my colleagues, maybe um, even community partners um, that are related to the inquiry. I want to maximize um, the use of resources, vetted resources from professional organizations um, such as NCTM and STA, um, you know, as well as the technology, you know, national technology organizations and computer science. Um, and, you know, National Art Organization, those are all places you could go for resources. And then finally, we want to make sure our administrators really know the value and what we're getting ready to embark on. So the main thing I wanted to say is it's really kind of a team sport. Um, let's see here. So one of the handouts that I'm sharing with you is a STEAM inquiry planning guide. And this is really for you to use in whatever way that you wish. Um, I've seen people actually complete it like, a, like they would a, a lesson plan document, or it could be used as a kind of a thinking tool on the things to consider as you plan a STEAM inquiry while you, know, you might not actually you know, fill it all out. Um, we're all professionals here, so you should definitely use it how in whatever way might be helpful to you. Um, but with that said, I want to start with just, so you might want to, if you have it downloaded, it might be easier to look at that. Um, I just have a little screenshot of the first page up here. Um, but we, our STEAM inquiry planning guide incorporates the popular BSCS 5E instructional model to kind of frame learning experiences in a familiar way for students. Um, and if you're not familiar with the 5E model, that's focused on engagement, exploration, explanation, elaboration, and evaluation. Hope I said those in the right order. Um, that work in tandem throughout different sections of the planning guide to really develop coherent and explicit STEAM instruction designed to really maximize students' integrated conceptual understanding and procedural fluency. So you'll see here that section one is really all about standard alignment because we know it's always important to have the end goal in mind. And so it can seem daunting because you might think, oh, this inquiry, you know, I'm addressing this problem in my community. I can really align to all these different standards I'm thinking of right now. So don't, don't go there. Instead, we recommend from our experience working with um, lots of different teachers on this, that you identify one or two key standards for each of the disciplines that, that are kind of at the core of the inquiry and that you would commit to assessing at the end of the inquiry. Um, and so if it's just kind of a standard that's a little bit in there, but not, not really at the foundation of what you're doing, I, I wouldn't list it as something that you you really plan to assess at the end. So I would focus on kind of the, the standards that are most closely aligned and, and don't try to do too much. Um, and then of course you might want to then immediately think about what practice standards, particularly for the uh, math, mathematic, 
student mathematical practices and then the science and engineering practices. Um, and I want to make a broad statement that the incorporation of the arts component can definitely should definitely be thought of broadly because it can incorporate things such as dance, media art, music, theater, visual arts. It could be an aesthetic component, um, things of that nature. So that's definitely a broad definition. Um, a crazy kind of fun example that we did in an inquiry once was we um, had this inquiry about paleontology. And students were learning about um, how a dinosaur moved and walked, you know, walked around in its environment. And they actually, um, an art partner we had in the project actually came up with the idea to have the students do this interpretive dinosaur dance, which was amazing because the students um, through their own body movements were able to learn about, um, you know, so much about the science of how a dinosaur uh, moved around in its environment and different challenges and benefits and things of that nature. So that's just one example but I don't want to get sidetracked in. Okay, so kind of the next section is really about developing a problem statement. And I think that's one of the most fun aspects of planning for STEAM, because in a problem statement, you can kind of ask it in such a way where students really have to dive deep into the mathematics and science um, and other areas to, um, to really dig into the dig into the inquiry, and um, of course that could mean planning in such a way that they will seek out um, some very uh, meaningful uses of technology. Um, again, uh, STEAM or STEM is not about using technology for technology's sake only. It is about using technology to be able to do things in. Um, in ways that we couldn't do otherwise or in ways that are more efficient. Um, it's really about enhancing the learning, not, not checking off a box. Um, same, then that's the same for all the, the subject areas of STEAM. Um, but with the problem statement, you know, we kind of say things like, you know, you maybe have seen something in the recent news that could help develop a problem statement. Um, we've all probably seen lots of things in the news lately about so many issues going on in our world. Um, you might know a community organization that works with um, closely with the mathematics and science content you'll be teaching. Maybe there's a, an issue or problem that they need solved in your community that, that you could help them grapple with. Um, there could be opportunities to serve others in your school, community, or, or region um, by solving some authentic problem that is an area of need um, so we also we think that STEAM is very kind of locally based. Um, we've been asked so many times to develop kind of a set of go-to STEAM inquiries. And while we certainly have examples that have been published in the NCTM journals and the NSTA journals and things like that, we, we always go back to the idea that the, the very best inquiries are ones that are the most meaningful to your students. And so many of them are local, locally based. Um, section three is all about kind of how you're going to engage students in instruction. And that includes, um, you know, how students are going to explore the essential ideas and work collaboratively to investigate the problem. 
Um, it's how kind of students might explain their understanding and you kind of make sure that key ideas um, end up getting, a, getting across during the inquiry. Um, that doesn't mean telling, that just means to strategically thinking through um, some of the key learning that you want to make sure to bring out. And then finally, the elaboration really extends learning by applying information learned to, um, to new contexts and asking students to maybe try a new approach or by critiquing and evaluating others' ideas. Also at this point, you can explore career connections because students will have been involved in the inquiry enough to really kind of connect what that might look like and you know, maybe even bring in a guest. Also, of course, um, you want to consider the, the different learning needs of your students and um, as well as extensions and things of that nature. Um, what we have found in our work that is that students that often um, have not ex felt successful in traditional um, in mathematics and or science um, learning environments just thrive and shine um, in integrated STEAM instruction. And I believe part of that is because STEAM is a place where, um, you know, we can really capitalize on the strengths that students bring uh, to, to really solve um, different inquiries. Okay, and then finally, section four is how are you going to assess students' um, understanding? Um, kind of in section three, there's a place to think about formative assessment. But when we think about summative assessment, I think one of the things to say right up front is that assessing STEAM is usually not a paper and pencil test. It's much more about how, um, how we can engage students in kind of authentically presenting their solutions in ways that make sense um, for the inquiry under investigation. It could be a letter to community leaders. It could be actually creating something, you know, a product, but not always. Um, it could be an explanation or a, a pitch, you know, something to that nature. And they could present it using lots of different technology, media, um, and other avenues. Okay, so that was a little bit about planning, which you have the handout to, to uh, refer to at any time. Um, so let's jump into actually implementing once you've planned. Um, and, you know, one thing that I get asked a lot is, you know, what if, do I have to have a, a STEAM or STEM lab in my school to do this? Or, you know, what settings can I do this in? And really, it's, it's pretty open. Um, but one thing that we do suggest is that regardless of what, um, where this is happening, um, there should be some clearly defined expectations for everyone involved. Um, you know, just, just like we encounter in our day-to-day -day jobs, in other ways, you know, life goes much more smoothly when everyone knows what's expected of them and everyone has their um, roles and responsibilities clearly outlined. And we feel the same is true for um, planning, implementing, and assessing kind of STEAM inquiries. And so this is just an example table that we have in one of our resources that shares um, a sample distribution of roles between a classroom teacher, so kind of the 
um, a student. So say we're talking about elementary school. So maybe the third grade teacher is the classroom teacher. And then they're working collaboratively with the STEAM lab teacher. And um, this is just a sample of what, um, how roles could be distributed throughout an inquiry. Um, but the important thing here is it doesn't have to look like this. It's just you should be transparent. And when you're working with others and collaborating, um, you should have, you should just clearly outline your roles and responsibilities. It'll make things go much more smoothly um, for you and students. Okay. And then we've already mentioned this, so I'm going to kind of skip over, but we've already talked about the alignment to student kind of mathematics and engineering and um, science engineering practices, but also really everything that, that we as math educators know about um, the eight mathematics teaching practices really all apply in this environment too. So I just kind of have them here as a, a list for your reminder. And these can, um, for more information on these, they can be found in like NCTM's Principles to Actions, as well as the, the Grade Band Taking Action series that um, came out a few years later in 2017. All right, so I want to take another uh, minute to kind of pause again. And um, maybe you want to think about one of these questions. Um, you know, what are some of the needs of your students? And how does this fit into the implementation of STEAM? So what's maybe been on your mind more, more deeply than just a little skill they need to know or something like that? Um, think bigger picture. Or you could think about how can you benefit from different people that you might collaborate with to do this work? So maybe you're already thinking about other teachers or maybe the art teacher or um, the science kind of lead in your school or that might be a good partner, and how could you benefit from their strengths, skills, and expertise? Um, I certainly know that I have learned so much um, in the past eight years from collaborating and working with um, Dr. Kristen Cook, my dear friend and STEAM partner in crime. I've learned so much about um, science because that, that wasn't um, what my degree was in, and you know, I've just, we've learned so much together from working together and from each other. And so you might think about people that would be a really good fit for you. And then also, how can all of this help you meet the diverse needs of, of your students? So take just a minute and feel free to just kind of jump in the chat. Um, you all just asked some things that were on your mind last time, and that was really great. So just feel kind of free to do that again if you'd like. Okay, so I see Lynn's question about, um, Lynn, I love that idea. I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, I, I think any opportunity where we can take something that students are personally interested in and make that a rich mathematical learning opportunity so they truly see why they need mathematics to really be successful and any sort of aspect of their life, I think that is a win-win situation. So I, 
I would love to um, I would love to see that in action and I would need to think more about that project. Um, I saw I just saw your last uh, last post. Um, yeah, you definitely might not want to just try that out on test subjects, but I wonder what you could do. That is really interesting. Um, we should email later and talk that through. I, I think you do have my email address. Um, but I need to think on that one more, but I, I feel confident that there is some great inquiry to be had there. Um, okay, so Jackie, oh yeah, many schools have STEM labs that focus on robotics and coding. Oh, wow, yeah, that's that's exactly what we would, we want. Um, so we've worked with some projects or with lots of, um, we think I've worked on different projects where robotics have maybe been kind of at the forefront of the project, which is exciting because kids love robotics and um, are fascinated by coding and robotics. And so it's a, it's a great Avenue. Um, I think that, I think often um, if the robotics, um, the person leading the robotics and coding, the STEM teacher isn't a math educator, they just probably don't know, um, they might not know, they could, but they might not know um, really what they, what opportunities they might be missing, right? Um, clearly they, they're probably doing, some math is definitely happening, but maybe there's just missing opportunities to ask some purposeful questions and draw out ideas that maybe students are learning about earlier that day in math block. So Jackie, my suggestion is, is something great could really happen with not a ton of extra effort. It could be simply the um, STEM teacher and the math teacher get together and the STEM teacher talk about some, some of the robotics and coding that's happening. And I think the math teacher could either help them come up with some questions to ask, um, things of that nature, um, or maybe connect it to what students are learning in math block. And then the robotics experience could be so much, um, the mathematics could really be brought out because it could be connected to what they're already doing in mathematics. So I think there's lots of possibilities there that, that wouldn't take an overhaul to make happen and, and become a reality. So that's great. Um, and I see Laura's weighing in on the, the um, question from Lynn. And I, I actually, I think that's a, a great suggestion, right? Um, so I'm excited for us to talk about that more and see where that might take us. So I just looked at the time and I knew this would happen. Um, but anyways, um, Maureen, and I see your question and, um, and I would be happy to talk with you more later as well. Um, we could certainly chat. I, I think starting small is, is an inroad that, that you probably need because I, I definitely understand that there is so much on everyone's plates, but I, but don't give up because I, there, there is a way, I promise. Um, so if we go into assessing kind of the last step, we've kind of already talked about this, but if you use the, the planning guide as kind of a thinking tool, you'll see that three sections in the planning guide do focus on assessment. Um, of course, the standards alignment help you determine what you will be assessing. 
And then section three has a place for formative assessment and section four for summative assessment. Um, and as you think about that, again, we like we've already said, um, you know, assessment and STEAM looks quite a bit different than a pencil paper test. It's, it's much more of a, um, there could be a definitely an element of student choice. Um, there could, there would definitely be a creative aspect and it's, it's definitely more performance based. So um, this is too small to see, but one thing, one exercise I like to talk about is if you envision um, students engaged in a STEAM inquiry, what might that look like? And I think there are lots of things that that does look like, and there, there are and others that it doesn't look like. So for example, um, I think it looks like students working collaboratively in groups. It doesn't look like students seated in rows working individually. Um, it looks like a teacher being a guide for student knowledge and sharing of ideas, but it doesn't look like the teacher as a keeper of knowledge. Um, it looks like students being allowed to continually refine their ideas through research, building, creating, testing, and retesting. It, it doesn't look like students being told what works and what doesn't work. So this is kind of would be a good exercise to to do with your STEAM partner is to think, kind of create your own list of what a STEAM experience might look like and not look like. Okay. And I'm seeing some great discussion in the chat. Um, yeah, I agree. Support, common vision, yep. And Oh, nice. I'm seeing some creative ideas that um, are not easy, but definitely worth it. And speaking of that, that's the perfect kind of segue into one of my last kind of comments I'll make is, um, I think you're starting to get excited, but notice that you will probably face some barriers along the way to, to make this happen. And I do want to promise you that the hard work is worth it. If you could leave here tonight and just commit to one and getting some others involved in one, um, I, I promise the payoff will be worth it um, for both you and your students. Um, so, you know, I think it's always good to plan for what challenges you might face and what strategies you'll use to kind of overcome, work around, um, or address them. Uh, so some that we hear sometimes is I find it hard to focus on the mathematics and science during a STEAM inquiry. Like I get so involved in the excitement and engagement of it that maybe I forget to bring it back to that. So, you know, we have some suggestions on um, staying centered on the key content and practices and working in specific points where students have to bring back their attention to that. Um, another one we hear a lot is I stress about giving up enough control in my classroom to really create that student-centered atmosphere. Um, and I think that one way that we've handled that is for to enlist your students to help you develop a clear set of classroom community norms for STEAM, for when they're engaged in STEAM inquiries. And that often really helps the student buy-in and, and helps with that. Um, you know, 
you can always start small and, and work on getting more comfortable with that as well. And that's okay. All right. I know it's almost 10, so I'm going to wrap this thing up. A um, couple things to remember and that you can use these points to advocate in your school um, is just because students are in, in spaces that are called STEAM labs or maker spaces, or just because they're, they're technically have some technology in front of them, or just because they're doing um, using some nationally recognized um, STEM or STEAM curricula, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing mathematics rich STEAM. So beware um, and just keep those things in mind. Um, let's see. Another thing to kind of remember is that no amount of shiny objects or fun activities can be a substitute for maintaining the integrity of the mathematics and science standards. Of course, we want learning to be fun and engaging, but it's all about how, how we um, en engage students in that learning, and it's our job to make sure we maintain the integrity of the mathematics and science. So kind of a call to action to you is um, you're on this webinar because you're, I, I believe, because you're involved in the teaching of mathematics. And so we're the ones that are the experts on reform mathematics instruction. So we have to be the voice for the M. Um, the technology specialist in your school has so much expertise, but they're, they're probably the voice for the T. Um, same way with the science and all the others. Like we have to make sure the M is being done right. And, and we have to, to help others with that. Just like it would be their job to help us if we want to implement robotics in, in a math or math and STEAM instruction, we might need to list the help of others. The same goes with making sure the math is meaningfully brought out. And we need to go beyond the trivial, trivial M integration. The M integration in STEAM is so much more than making a graph and calling it the math or doing some measurement and calling it the math. We, we really have so many more opportunities than that. Oh, Lynn, I love your comment. Feels like integrated math modeling. Absolutely, that's a great comment. And I'm seeing some other great things here that I was losing track of. Anyways, um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, you can definitely send me, if you have a question, you can definitely send me a message on there. Um, you can also look at my email. I, I think in my bio, it says I work at the University of Central Florida. Um, and then I have a reference list here that has some of the articles in TCM um, and also like the, the other um, position statements and things that I was quoting earlier at the beginning. I have those in here too, if that's helpful to anyone. So we're out of time, but um, if anyone has any questions, I'd be happy to answer. And I'm going to ask Lee what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, first of all, I want to thank you for presenting tonight. And I would also like to uh, remind everybody that there is a handout in uh, the handout tab there above the chat window that you can uh, download. Uh, so thank you, everyone. And if you have more questions, definitely feel free to reach out to Sarah. Um, next week, uh, we are actually going to be hearing from uh, the president-elect of NCTM, uh, Trina Wilkerson. Um, and she will be talking about, uh, let's see, 
I can find what happened to her talk title. Uh, I can't actually find it here, but she's going to be uh, talking about uh, NCTM's Catalyzing Change uh, 2020. So make sure you come back for that session. Um, it is a K-12 session. Have a lovely evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining.